0: Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, motivational speaker, full-time psychology student, mama of four, and military spouse. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and real stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, today I'm here with Bethany. Bethany is an executive director for a nonprofit academic organization. She has a bachelor's degree in sociology and a master's degree in school counseling. She is an advocate for local businesses, a self-identified coffee snob, a cooking enthusiast, and enjoys positively challenging her mind and body. She is a lover of health and fitness and primarily identifies as a marathon runner, but is currently training for her first 70.3 Half Iron Man. Oh my goodness. Jeez. (laughs) I thought doing a Spartan race was (laughs) badass. Um, Some background noise in her life includes struggling with body image issues since the age of eight and overcoming anorexia nervosa and bulimia. She has been in recovery for 12 plus years. So I know Bethany because we're both beach body coaches together.
1: <laughs> God, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> it was a dark time in both of our lives. <laughs> it had its ups and downs. It really did. It did. Uh, but
0: I, I posted something about being... Um, shamed by a pharmacist and Bethany shared underneath how she was shamed for what she was eating and said how that's hard for people who have eating disorders or have had eating disorders because it can really be triggering. So Bethany, I would love to have you share with us, when did it all begin? Because you said in your bio that eight years old, it started to develop, but you also said that it started developing a little bit earlier than that.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I remember, you know, as far back as I can remember being in, you know, first, second grade where I was having what I, I didn't know what it was at the time, but, um, I was definitely having body image issues where I was comparing myself to like every girl in class. Mind you, I'm like seven, eight years old, like, and there was no such thing as social media back then. So, (laughs) you know, like I didn't know what was going on, but like, it was almost like I had this perfectionist feeling of being like, I need to be better than this girl. I need to, you know, I need to look a certain way. And, you know, I remember in second grade, like I, I, I developed very early. Um, I went through puberty real early. So I remember being very self-conscious about my body at that time too. Um, and just always comparing myself to other girls. I was in dance class. So i I was always bigger than other girls too. So, I mean, I was just noticing that right off the bat at that age. Um, I think it really, that kind of set me off. Um, yeah. Issue. Yeah.
0: So how did the eating disorders develop? So you started with the body. And yeah. Energy, which is usually where it starts. Right. But like, how did you go from that to where you were actually, you know, at, at first I would love to have you explain to people the difference between an anim-
1: anorexia, anorexia and
0: yep. nervosa and bulimia uh, yep. and then tell us how that developed for you
1: yeah so anorexia is you know um being intensely afraid of food um you restrict your food you are also over exercising as part of it um, bulimia is often associated with um overeating or just eating in general really and then purging so you would make yourself vomit up your food that you would eat so I had both, um, and we can go down the story <laughs> with all that, but yeah. yeah, I mean, it definitely for me, it start, it's hard to remember too, because like, I honestly have blanked out a lot of that time in my life, like I've just repressed all of that, and so like I remember writing notes for this and being like, I don't remember that time in my life, like my senior year in high school was when it was the worst, and like I can't remember half of what I went through Um, during that time. But um, I remember, you know, in grade school and middle school, I was very like conscientious of what I was eating, but I didn't understand it at that time. And I don't think, you know, like my family noticed or friends noticed anything like that. But um, like just going through all of that, you know, comparing myself to girls, I would see myself starting to restrict food And then, um, I don't know exactly what started the eating disorder, but, um, I do like, what I do remember is being in, um, I think it might've been 10th or 11th grade. I was going through a pretty hard, uh, relationship that I thought was very meaningful at that time, you know, um, and it was very toxic. Um, and I think that that kind of was what broke the camel's back and, that was the time when I lost about sixty pounds in two two months. Wow. Very, yeah. Um, I um I just yeah, it had been like two or three months. Um, but I mean that's a significant amount of weight to lose yeah. um, during that time. And then so from there I kind of spiraled into actual like diagnosable anorexia. So And also I'll mention that anorexia is not just a disorder. It's an actual mental health illness. So a Mm -hmm. lot of people don't understand that. Um, Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's true. It's in the DSM-5. Yes,
1: yes, the DSM-5. Thank you. Yes. So yeah, I am not like an expert on eating disorders, so I'll throw that out there right now. But but, I mean, this is my story and everyone's so different and everyone is, you know, they recover differently.
0: Yeah. So how long did you have the eating disorder?
1: The actual eating disorder. So, I mean, I had body image issues, My, I will say, my entire life. Right. So the eating disorder, I would say, diagnosable from the time I was about 16 until probably about my mid-20s. So I would say about 10 years or so. It was pretty bad. I mean, the worst of it was two or three years between the ages of like 17 and probably 1920. So,
0: yeah. So yeah. how did you stop it like people listening might be thinking that one that's a long time that can contribute to some major health problems Mm -hmm. uh i was actually watching a show i want to say it's the good doctor and they had somebody on there with um anorexia and she i mean her internal organs were shutting down because she didn't have the nutrients
1: oh absolutely so um so for me i was very very lucky and super blessed with my support system Um, so my family and friends were kind of able to notice these, like, just, you know, small things. Like, I would start restricting certain things from my diet. Um, Mm -hmm. I became a vegetarian and that was my control and my way of eliminating food, but it looked healthy. Like, you know, vegetarians are healthy. So it was my way of being like, oh, look at me. I'm healthy, but not really. I'm just eliminating this food. I stopped eating fast food. I stopped eating, um fruit because sugar. I told, yep, told yep. myself that fruit is bad it has sugar in it <laughs> like I was scared of that so then I also was you know putting exercise into my routine where I wasn't really doing that before and, and you know that sounds healthy like oh exercising is super mm-hmm. healthy but for me that was a way of hurt like purging ex- any excess calories so and anyways so my family was super supportive like they I feel like they were able to recognize it my mom in particular um friends would start saying like oh you've lost lost a lot of weight you look great I got a lot of you look great you look fabulous and mind you I went from about 180 pounds and I'm like five feet tall so I mean I wasn't obese or anything like that I I'm always been a, a big person so to say but I went from 180 pounds to like 120 and which Mm. which my bmi still told me that i was overweight because of my height yeah that's like a normal weight for somebody but like for my body type it was not Mm -hmm. so so i got a lot of help luckily my mom um i just can't even believe putting her through all this shit um and my my dad and my brother and sister Um, but they were able to find me a therapist, um, who they got me in, uh, probably my senior year in high school. And she, I swear to God, she saved my life. She and, um, a nutritionist that I were seeing, they just, they worked together as a team. They were my support system and they just like, ultimately they're the ones who probably saved my life.
0: Yeah. I mean, therapy saved my life Absolutely.
1: Well. <laughs> no, I'm a huge advocate for therapy. Um, I was in therapy probably from the time I was 17 until early 20s or so. And every now and then I would go back still in my late 20s just, you know, to have a session or two and be like, listen, I can feel myself falling. I'm definitely, you know, like I'm relapsing right now. And I was able to, at that point, identify that and go back and see them and get the help that I needed. Um, I was very lucky that I was not hospitalized for this. Um, I was able, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a super strong person. I've always identified that yeah. that way. Um, so I was super stubborn and like, I'm not going to get hospitalized for this. I'm going to beat this. I am in control of this, you know, but at the same time, it was still that super hard struggle of being like, but I am, I hate myself. I'm so want to get help but I want help but I don't want help kind of you know that internal struggle of just wanting help and not knowing what to do but you know so yeah I did so I mean like I lost my period um I mean because I you know I dropped to like that 60 pounds super fast so the lowest weight I got to was 108 pounds and I remember seeing oh my that God. number yeah so and I didn't I mean to me I still looked like you know 200 pounds every time i looked in that mm-hmm. mirror i was like holy shit like you are morbid obese you look disgusting like i had true hatred for myself like and i remember you know thinking about this later later on and being like that is just like one of the saddest things just to look in the mirror and be like you know you hate yourself um yeah yeah <laughs> so,
0: yeah, no, I completely understand. And I wouldn't say that I ever would have classified myself as having an eating disorder, but uh-huh. I guess I came really close uh yeah. to having it wasn't anorexia or bulimia. There's another one that they talk about when you're doing extreme workouts and restricting really hard.
1: And yeah, so orthorexia. That was media yeah, might be.
0: Orthorexia. orthorexia yeah. I came really close. I anorexia.
1: also identify with that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, I was also, I mean, I'm a little bit taller than you, but I also was 180, 190 pounds and went down to 120 and not in as, not as fast as you did, but I mean, to the point where my (laughs) collarbone was sticking out and my husband was like, I thought that this was going to go real bad real quick. Yeah. Yeah. You know, luckily my mother-in-law as bitchy as she is made the wrong comment to me, which made me binge eat. And I started Uh getting some of that weight back. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, we know how that goes. Right. <laughs> there are different triggers that get us, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, how did how did being a fitness coach play into this? Oh, my God. Well,
1: <laughs> so at first I thought it was so awesome. Like, oh, I'm going to help all these people right. with all their issues. Like, this is great. This is what I've wanted to do my whole life. Like, getting paid to work out, getting yeah. paid to eat out of these containers. Holy... <laughs> shit let me tell you at first it was awesome and then I had a total relapse with my Mm -hmm. eating disorder I we you know 21 day fix you eat out of containers with someone who has anorexia or who has had anorexia like that eating out of boxes it just put me into a downward spiral Mm -hmm. of of that control. Like, Ooh, I'm controlling my food. And so Mm -hmm. I definitely, I had a relapse during that. And even working with people of being like, I lost weight and yay. And they were all excited about it. I would be like losing weight. Like it's not a compliment to me. It's not a compliment to say you, you lost weight. Like, I think that's so, Oh, I don't know what it is. It's something with our society. And we like, we really we love that we love to congratulate people for losing weight. But with someone with an eating disorder, like that is super triggering. And that's mm-hmm. a problem I had with like, you know, when I was really um, sick of people saying you look great, you look awesome. Mm-hmm. It just it put me in a downward spiral. Yeah. And it's totally fueled of like, okay, I need to keep this up. I'm going to eat my 400 calories a day. And you know, this is great. So no wonder you yeah.
0: getting your period at 400 calories again. <laughs> yes!
1: yes, exactly. So yeah, <laughs> being a coach, it was so I don't know. And I was starting to ex- definitely was over exercising. Same. Um, yeah. Oh my god. And you know, like people would start asking me advice on how to lose weight, and I was just like, oh my god, this is not this is not okay for me. This is. And like I was posting before and after pictures and I just cringe thinking about it right now. Like, yeah. Oh no, I, can't I feel you. Believe I did that. Like I, I see it now, like other people doing it, and I'm like,
0: stop. Yeah. I unfollow them.
1: I yes, I started doing that. I really <laughs> did. Um, I actually got a message recently from somebody oh. that was like hey, I was just wondering if you want to lose 30 pounds in 90 days by drinking this, whatever the hell it was. I don't know if it's those keto coffees or whatever, but I was like, holy shit. Like, someone they have no idea who I am. They messaged me, like, just a blank message, you know? Please tell me you lost your shit on them. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I was like, you don't understand who you are sending these messages to. Like, I'm someone who, you know, I struggled with an eating disorder for like 10 years and you're asking me to lose 30 pounds? You don't don't even look able to lose 30 pounds, okay? Let's be honest here. So, like, I really struggle with people in the health and fitness industry and not being credentialed of my life that I would really like to get back, but, you know, at the same time, I'm... I'm glad I've gone through those experiences and it makes me who I am today. Right. And, um, I mean, I did in the beginning, it really was great. Um, I went back and kind of looked at some of the videos that I made and whatever. And like, I, that was a time when I started to love myself again. Um, and I think it was just, you know, I don't even know why, what it was, but I, it was just a feeling of feeling good. I was with a community of people who, you know, we had kind of the same – we wanted to be healthy. Right. Um, so.
0: Until you yeah. decide not to be a coach anymore. Right. And they turn on you like rabid dogs. Oh, yeah, that
1: too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still have people message me like, hey, you'd be so great at being a coach. I'm like oh. – Bye. <laughs>
0: I, I, I always respond with, I was one, and I actually reached yeah. a pretty high
1: rank in Beachbody, yeah. thank
0: you, yeah. Um, yeah. but it was really bad for my mental health.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, no, I definitely, I think that was the last time that I've actually had a, a relapse, where that was actually a time, probably the last time that I made myself um, purge, so, like, when I start, I, I'm so, like, I am super ashamed of it still, like. You shouldn't probably, be. I know and I know that but like four years ago being like okay like why am I throwing up this whatever I just ate like I don't it's so hard of being trying to get out of that and so I was like I'm done I can't do this but being able to recognize that was a huge step for me I think so
0: yeah. And it's like you said, it's a mental health disorder and I'm going to school for psychology. Yeah, and I recently got diagnosed with bipolar two yeah. and I to find out bipolar two can cause that perfectionist tendencies. Cause you yeah. sit that big audacious goals and in a hypomania state, you won't let it yeah. go. Like you're yes. going. And that's what yeah. happened to me is, is. I had similar experiences when I was a fitness coach where I look at before and afters. I'm like, I did not need to lose weight. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. How unhealthy was
1: that? And then I was one of those people
0: encouraging people who didn't need to lose weight to lose weight.
1: Exactly. Yeah. That's where I'm like, that's why I'm like, I can't believe I did that. Like I feel like such an asshole for doing that. And I want to go back to all my clients and be like, I'm so sorry. Right. I have no, I mean, and
0: a lot of them were like no you changed my life and like right. I'm glad that's what happened
1: <laughs> I know but yeah and I remember you know someone I remember somebody messaging me too and I mean like this person that you're working with has an eating disorder like you <gasps> need to be very careful with what you're doing oh, and shit. at that point I was like and I didn't know that obviously yeah. um well I probably should have known that but she wasn't disclosing it with me so yeah. I think that was kind of where the turning point of being like this is not okay like this yeah. is Like I'm just fueling these people, um, to lose weight and encouraging them to. So I'm at Um, war with fitness. But us as society society totally doesn't. You're what? I'm at war with the fitness industry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I it's I mean, they glamorize like losing weight. They glamorize all these health fads like this, like whatever whatever it is, the keto diet and all that work. intermittent fasting is the one that's pissing me off the most right now. Um, so a lot of people like that, I think is totally fueling eating disorders. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think so. I don't think that you, you can't just get an eating disorder by, you know, intermittent fasting like right. for a day or two or looking at thin models or like, you know, it's something that it's like deep down inside of you. Again, it's the mental healthist. Illness, so yeah. um, But this intermittent fasting, though, it's teaching people to restrict, to restrict their food from this certain amount of time of day. So it's like taking all that control, and I just have a feeling it's just going to start fueling, you know, different disordered eating of of any kind. Right, and and, we glamorize it.
0: Yeah, and it's so bad for people's mental health. I'm not saying that everybody who loses weight. I was, you know, going to have a mental health problem. Right, right, but, right, right, right. But it, it is really about, like, when you're beating yourself up because you yes. had a brownie, that is a fucking... Yes. Brownie. Yes, there is. It, <laughs> oh, my brownie didn't fit into this container? Oh, my God, my world is going to end.
1: Yes. No, and I've totally, and I've totally been there. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's amazing to, to look back at that and be like, I I have been able to recover from that right um it's it's so powerful um but it's oh, so God. hard it totally is <laughs> it totally it totally is um i pulled up something on my instagram that i something you said um oh i wish i could find it oh yeah like diet culture has made us scared of fruit yeah fruit.
0: fruit. <laughs> like,
1: i think i love that but
0: yeah I mean, yes. I mean, you shouldn't be eating fruit all day, every day. I mean, that you need some to balance it out with other things. But fruit is not the devil. No,
1: it's not. No, it's not.
0: (laughs) But I remember listening to a podcast I used to listen to, and I remember the name of her, but she had like some sugar diet or something. And Mm. she talked about how you shouldn't eat certain fruits because of the sugar content in it. And I'm like, and I believed her and i was like oh yeah. shit i shouldn't eat fruit and yeah. i went years without me eating fruit mm-hmm. never ate one
1: fruit yes, Yeah, right yeah <laughs> i actually recently had um someone who is a coach not like like in the actual health industry she's a she does triathlons um she was so i was taking some triathlon training classes yeah she happened to mention that uh, she was saying how we need to eat healthier and we need to take certain foods out of our diet (sighs) and to not eat past a certain time and right there I was like I'm done I I can't go back to this group I'm done working with this person like I everyone loves like they love her and she's she's a great athlete but as soon as she said that for me that was so triggering and I had to move myself from that group and you could relapse Oh, I to- totally, she was, you know, like, don't eat fruit past this time of day. Don't do this. Don't do that. And I was just like, I can't, I can't do this. Like, it almost makes me wonder, like, what kind of issues does she have with her right. body and her eating? So, yeah, but I mean, I've, yeah. I've gotten to the
0: point where I've gained a lot of, I'm almost back to where I was when I started losing mm-hmm. weight. Uh, which some days I'm like, oh God, I should lose some more weight. But I'm like, I know how bad it got. Like really, really bad. Yeah. I I mean, it got to the point where I was considering being bulimic or, you know, and and at times I probably was close to being anorexic. I mean, I never got down to the extreme.
1: Right. Disordered eating.
0: Right. Totally. It, um, but I got down to where I was eating 1200 calories a day, which now I know I'm
1: like, that is not healthy. No, it's really not. No. And <laughs> you were exercising too. So yeah, I was doing you know, extreme workouts. Yeah. I was on the verge of adrenal fatigue because oh, of the
0: amount of workouts I was doing.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. They, yeah. It's, it's so bad for your body. It's so damaging in so many different ways, not just mentally, but physically everything. <laughs> So, yeah. So how are you handling your marathon
0: runner? You're, you're playing yes. Ironman. How <laughs> are you able to do that without relapsing
1: yeah. yourself? Oh, that's a super good question. Um, honestly, I think, um, so I got into running, you know, as a way to lose weight and yeah. a way to hide all of that. Um, I re- I have this one memory in high school. I, I also had like a foot issue where I was told I would never run again. And like, I had surgery, I had a bone spur and like that doctor told me that I was fat too. So there's also that kind of thing going on. So. But anyways, I was told I'd never run again. And me, the kind of person I am, like I got to prove him wrong. Right. Started running. And I have this memory of, like I told my mom I was going out for a walk because this is when I was real sick. She, I must not have gotten home in time and, <laughs> I love my mom, she like drove around the neighborhood looking for me, saw me running and like flipped out about it. And <laughs> I don't even know where this started from. I just remember this, this whole memory of starting to run. Um, but anyways, so yeah, so I started running to lose weight. That's, that's why she flipped out because yeah. she knew I was sick. Um, But yeah, and then I went to college and I continued to run. And again, it was to lose weight and to Mm -hmm. take out those excess calories. Um, But eventually what happened is it turned more into a stress relief for me. Mm -hmm. It turned into a totally different relationship. Like it was no longer about losing weight. It was no longer about, you know, taking out those excess calories. Um, I remember going on a run when I was in college and – I got to probably about, I was probably running about three miles then, you know, pretty consistently. And I hit about miles, I, it couldn't have been a, even a mile yet. And my body just, like, pretty much fell to the ground. I didn't, wow. like, I just, I don't know, like, I, I I didn't totally fall, but, like, it was just, my body gave up. Like, it gave up, and it was because I was not fueling it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't eating enough for it, um, for running, so and I think that moment in my life was one of those times where I was like, this is like, this is out of control. This is not okay. I need help. Mm-hmm. Um, because I loved, like, I loved it. I loved to run. Um, so like, I think that time in my life helped me to be like, food is not the enemy. Food fuels our body. It's meant to you know keep us alive. It's not meant to be scary it's not meant to you know you're not supposed to be afraid of it. you're not supposed to be restricting it or certain food groups and stuff like that um, so for me, running became it became a therapy, so to say I, I kind of feel like that's so cliche or like with no, your you know, like <laughs> but um, it, it definitely helped me to recover from the eating disorder um again by just fueling my body and then so when I started getting into the long distance running when I was starting to get crazy and be like I'm gonna do half marathons and marathons <laughs> I knew I had to fuel my body I knew I needed to put this many calories in my body I knew I needed to eat fat because mm-hmm. um, I was I was very afraid of anything with fat in it. Like fat does not make you fat. (laughs) No, it doesn't. And I, you know, like, you don't, I didn't know that then, but yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah. Oh my God. I'll eat an entire avocado in a sitting now. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: so yeah, the running like, and even today, like it's still like, I can feel myself falling back every now and then, or like I can feel when I haven't eaten enough, um, And I feel like my fitness is what keeps me in check a lot of the times, Um, because if I haven't eaten enough, I'm going to perform like shit that day. I'm going to have a terrible run. I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to be able to sleep that night. Um, So uh, for me, the fitness is just like, it's kept me in check in a way that, in a healthy way, instead of, you know, making me relapse. So Right. And you need lots of fuel for a triathlon, like lots of calories. (laughs) Oh my God. Swimming is probably like, I've never been a swimmer. So I'm like still learning and I'm so like, I'm so competitive. So of course I'm like, you know, trying to beat all these fast, really people who have been swimming since they were like two. Um, (laughs) But the swim hangries are real. (laughs) You swim a mile and I just want to eat all day. Like that athlete hunger. Um, it's, it's a real thing, but also with being an athlete, like I have, like, it makes me eat in a sense of like, like this, like I, you know, know, I said that before, like it's fuel for my body. Um, it's not scary anymore. It's okay to eat something that's 700 calories and you know, I'm not going to feel bad about it. Um, like I'll eat pizza now because it has carbs and I need carbs to be able to do a 20 mile run. (laughs) Like I didn't eat pizza for probably about two years of my life because I was terrified (laughs) of it, like terrified to eat anything Mm -hmm. like that. So yeah.
0: (laughs) I used to measure out my wine in the little red containers.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's, I mean, that's (laughs) something that I still struggle with actually is alcohol. Like that's a trigger thing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you, like, talking about recovery and relapse and stuff, like, I, like, I have such a, I lost a lot of friends, like, a lot of friends in high school, a lot of friends in college, I have very few close friends right now, because I drove them, like, I drove them all away, because I was scared to go out with them, like, I was scared to drink, like, um, because those, they're empty Empty calories, calories, yeah, (laughs) calories, or then I started, you know, I started only drinking and eating, like, a banana a day, and then I got hammered and super sick and was, could have, could have led into alcoholism, um, which also runs in my family, too, so that was very terrifying, so, like, I stopped going out with friends, I stopped drinking, Mm -hmm. um, and I, I mean, in college, that's what everybody did, so, like, from that i i pretty much lost all my college friends because right. i was so antisocial because i was so scared to go out and have fun time because the food just it totally monopolized everything in my head like that fear was paralyzing so yeah. and i still have some of those issues today of like like people go out and drink and i like i don't want to and i don't like i have no desire to drink honestly i'll have right. a glass of wine here and there which is fine but being, also being out of control, like that terrifies me. Like mm-hmm. I love being in control of everything. And that's probably where the eating disorder stemmed yeah. from too, was that perfectionism and being in control of something. Um, but yeah, I mean, being 32 and, you know, I still start, like before going to a restaurant, I look at the menu online. Yep. And um, so I still see these patterns of, you know, of that eating disorder and, you but i mean there are also coping mechanisms too like i know if i don't look at that menu like i'm going to go into that restaurant i'm going to be it's going to be really hard it's going to be hard right. to pick something out it's like and it it's a triggering thing for me so but being able to recognize that now it's it's just such a blessing
0: yeah You could literally be telling my story besides the like binging and purging and like 400 calories or a banana in a day. Like I had the same problems after I started losing weight. Yeah. Oh, it's awful. Like a good four, four years. It Mm -hmm. was terrible. Like I wouldn't eat at a restaurant unless I knew what was in their food and how it was made and if I couldn't if I couldn't calculate it on my fitness pal I was not fucking eating it.
1: Yes. Like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, it's a that problem. Like that that is a problem. Like we let that fear of food and all that control our lives and like it's just it's so sad. Mm-hmm. Um so
0: when I was a fitness coach I would tell my clients you cannot have more than two alcoholic beverages a week. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot like I did I thought you want to lose weight you cannot have more than two alcoholic beverages yeah. a day or not a day a week because it oh, will fuck week. up your metabolism yeah. not a day a week I meant a week i yeah. um, not, not more than two a week or it's gonna fuck with your metabolism yeah. and yeah. if I had like even if I had one more than two in an entire week I would like beat myself up for like yeah. starve myself for like two days because yeah. of the one glass of wine I yeah. have
1: that one glass of wine that you that had. Yep.
0: One glass of wine. It's, it is a problem. And that's why I unfollow. And I'm, I think I made a, a podcast episode about this. That's why I unfollow people on Facebook. If I see a lot of before and afters, or I see triggering, triggering words. Like yes. and what I mean by triggering words is diet. Mm-hmm. Oh, lose this much weight in this much time. Yes. Don't eat these things. Yeah, like that sort of thing where I'm like, that is a problem.
1: It really is. No, it really is. And you know, it's not going to, not everyone, and like we said before, not everybody is going to fall in that trap of it being obsessive and compulsive, but it does happen, and um, it's easy to get sucked into it, and little things that you keep doing over time are going to lead to destructiveness, and it's, you know, it's very scary, Um, and a lot of people aren't able to recognize that because they think it's so normal to be trying to lose weight all the time and be and and uh not eating certain foods and stuff like our society totally normalizes that
0: and it's totally unhealthy it is very always dieting
1: absolutely oh absolutely and like i i know like like we said before eating a brownie and freaking killing yourself over it like do an extra um, workout for that uh, fucking brownie. Yeah. I've got to go for an extra six mile run because I just- I had a
0: brownie. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Like yeah. That, I mean, it's so dangerous. It's so bad, like mentally, like it's so just, oh, I, don't, I can't yeah. even, like that's the word. Oh. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, I got triggered at the end of last year when I had like three or four fitness coaches- Message me about their weight loss programs.
1: Yes, and like, I'm, what is wrong with me right. for them to think that I need to lose weight? Exactly. Do I look fat? Do you <laughs> yeah. think I'm fat? Do I right. look fat in my pictures? Is that right. why you're messaging? Is that me? why you're asking me? Yeah. Where and, and the, that is why I never would cold what they called cold message right people when I was a coach because that was one thing that I was kind of like well I don't want people to think that I think they need to lose weight because right. that's horrible. And I've had friends who have said the same thing too. Of, you know, like three people messaged her in one day with the same mm-hmm. blank statement, and it like that could have led to a destructive path for her.
0: I, I mean, it, by the third one, I started to question my own right. Like, oh, absolutely thoughts about I my
1: body. I, I was t- like, oh
0: fuck, I'm getting fat because I yeah, had like right. three people message me.
1: Right. Yeah. Now I need to lose weight. I need to start restricting again. And you just get a whole circle all over again.
0: The last one I said to her, I said, you know what? You're like the third person who's messaged me. You're making me very self-conscious. And I was like, and I had a pretty bad problem at one point in time with extreme dieting and working out like insane amounts, like doing back to back insanity max 30 (laughs) workouts. Okay. (laughs) I mean, who
1: the fuck does that yeah i was <laughs> a problem i was told oh well, i missed a day of working out so now i have to do two workouts yep thing. yep so, yep if i missed a day it was it was I on felt like crap like if i missed a day or if i like didn't do all the moves right i would feel like crap and i would like i would fall into a depressive state almost and like i would beat myself up for it And it's like, you know, like that's not healthy on Mm -hmm. any level.
0: So I was right there with you. The same, especially like if it was a workout where they didn't give you rest day on the calendar, I was like, I can't take a fucking rest day. Yeah. Like, and I would get so angry if I went a day where I couldn't work out for whatever reason. And I was pissed off at the world. Yes.
1: Yes. I definitely have had that problem where if, like, if I don't get my workout in, like, I hated everybody. I was a miserable bitch. Mm-hmm. I was just, like, like, my world is ending. I gained five pounds because I missed my workout. Like, yeah, it's it's, it's exhausting.
0: And like, did you weigh yourself every fucking day? No.
1: So, for me, I did. <laughs> I, one of the things for me that I learned very, I learned early on in my, with my eating disorder was I do not weigh myself. No. I used to all the time. not anymore. Office. Yeah. yeah. So I, um, once I left for college, I'm pretty, I don't remember if we had a, a scale at my parents' house, but um, I know once I left for college, I, I didn't have a scale. I've never bought a scale in my life. Um, I, even when I go to the doctor still today, I don't look at the weight. I stand on See, it. Backwards. I did. <laughs> that was a problem. That's, that's triggering for me. And I remember, yeah. like, you know, when I was, um, 110 pounds and I remember going to the doctor and it went up to 112 and that for Mm -hmm. me was a moment I like had a breakdown over that Mm -hmm. it was oh my god I'm getting fat like I like I need to lose this weight now um it was like it was hard seeing those two pounds so um and then especially once I started getting better like the weight start you know I was going up to 130 like that was just so I could not weigh myself. I still don't to this day. I I have a rough estimate of what I weigh, but Yeah. I don't know. Like I like I stand backwards on the on the scales of the doctor and I lit- every time I say, please don't tell me what it, that number says. Right. So and, and I've gotten shit from nurses for that before. They're like, Oh really? You're really afraid of what that number says? Like do you really care? I'm like, Yeah, I do actually think. Yeah. Very much.
0: <laughs> right. And I think um, you know, doctors Really neat. And nurses and people in the medical pr- pr- profession need to be more aware Absolutely. of that, especially when they're talking about BMIs. Mind you, that is the most inaccurate representation of body fat in the fucking world. Yes.
1: Like, oh, it, mine says that I'm overweight. Yeah. Right now. Like close to obese. Too. When I was
0: 124 pounds, it told yes. me that I was borderline overweight at five foot six.
1: Yes. That's yes. a problem. Yes. I look like a, a skeleton. Problem. Yes. And that's what I had. Like when, you know, when I was 108 pounds, that was the normal, I was normal and healthy right. according to the BMI. That but was me
0: at 120.
1: Like yeah. I was, I was borderline overweight at 120
0: pounds. Yes, yes. And I looked like a skeleton. Mess up. Mm-hmm.
1: Messed up. Yeah. So I remember my nutritionist um, saying if I were to ever fall below 110 pounds, I would need to be hospitalized. Um, And I did, I did hit under 110 pounds and I never told her. (laughs) I must've put it back on by the time I got weight again. But I remember that, like, that's a very defining point in my life for where that also my recovery got better too was I, I was not going to go to the hospital. I was not going to go to a treatment center. I was not going to let this happen to me. Um, But I don't know, seeing that, that 110 pounds or 108 pounds was, was terrifying um, and to, for the BMI to say that that was normal, like that. And she, like, I learned from her so many amazing things. And she said, like, for my body type, like I should be weighing 130 to 140 is normal Mm -hmm. for me. And for her to say that to me, I was like, holy shit, like that seems like that seems so huge, but it's not like I'm small. And it's still hard for me to see that I still totally struggle with body dysphoria and like, right. you know, I'll look in the mirror and be like, oh my God, like, look at this chub over here. Look at these love handles. Look at this. Mm-hmm. Look at this. my butt jiggles. Like, <laughs> which, whatever. We all, everyone has fat. We're not fat. Right. Fat. Women are actually meant we're to so carry
0: nice fat. fat.
1: Yes. yes. So, because we're, we're
0: biologically made to have babies. Yes exactly so it, our body doesn't matter if your mind's shut down i can't have any more babies my body's like fuck that i'm still yep. packing on the pounds because yep. we might have one <laughs> might have oh, one
1: <laughs> so i mean it's so hard still looking in the mirror and like i try not to nitpick myself but i mean you, i still do it and right um, i actually got rid of a mirror for a long time mm-hmm. um, a full-length mirror because it was getting so obsessive and like it was silly like and i have people still saying to me today like Especially with trying on like triathlon outfits and wetsuits and stuff, like you're so tiny and it's just weird to hear that still because I don't see it, but right. but I know it like I know I am because I wear a child <laughs> this shirt is a, from a kids store. Like <laughs> <laughs> like I sh- my blazer that I love is from Abercrombie Kids. Like it's a kid's extra larger kids larger <laughs> <or> something. <laughs> Clearly, I'm not – like, that is that is what goes through my head, though, of, like, you're huge. Oh, but you're wearing kids' clothes. Clearly, you cannot be fat if you're wearing kids' clothes. like it's, Right. Like, I have that dilemma in my head all the time, and I don't know. It's, you know, I mean, so with eating disorders, I, I do think everyone can, can recover from that if they have, um, you know, they're, if they're strong-willed and if they have the right support team and they, you know, they have all the things – um. But I don't think that you can ever 110% ever recover from it. I think there's always going to be, you know, I'm always going to be dealing with something. Um, and it's just a matter of having those tools and those mechanisms of, you know, how do I, how do I get past this and how do I not relapse again and mm-hmm. what do I do? Um, and so, and I remember, so you actually asked me to do this after you saw my one post about that lady. Yeah. Who, so I at a, a granola
0: a- bar or granola.
1: Yeah. Trail mix, yeah. yep. yep. So this, mix. I was at a conference. This was in February. I was at a conference and I was grabbing trail mix for, you know, some fuel for my body because I, I literally had just gotten done with a 10-mile run. So I had to eat. Like, you have to eat. Right. Um, and one of my other coping – not coping mechanisms, but, like, my – like how I deal with this is I bring a lot of my own food with me everywhere I go. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just something I have to do. Um, it keeps me in check. It's that control. I need that control. Um, but yeah, so I was grabbing trail mix and I wasn't just grabbing it for me. I actually grabbed two cups. I grabbed one cup for me and I grabbed another cup for a homeless person because there's always, there's always so much food at those conferences. And I, I always take extra food and I give it to someone on the street because that's just, this is how I am. Mm -hmm. But this lady came up to me and said, you know, that trail mix is going to make you fat, right? And I was just like, wow. Like I, you know, I'm a 32 year old woman. You are 40s or 50s. And you're telling me that I'm going to get fat because of this. You have no idea who I am. First of all, you have no idea that what I have gone through, like that for me could have been so traumatizing. It could have I could have had a huge relapse from that if I didn't know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I don't know. People, they just, they don't think before they speak. They don't, I don't know. But it also told me, like, this lady has, she has problems, too. Like, she's yeah. struggling with her issues. And so, I, like, I felt bad for her. But I was so proud of myself at that point in time of being, like, you know, I'm not going to get fat from this. And then it is okay to eat food. Like, food is not scary. So. Right.
0: Well, as we wrap up the podcast today, because the time goes by really fast. <laughs> <I went> fast. <laughs> you're like, oh my God, 45 <laughs> minutes are up already. What would you like to leave the Inspired Women audience with about anything we've talked about today?
1: Ooh. You're not, I mean, I, I would say you're not alone in this. Um, there, you know, there's a lot of different things you can do nowadays um, to find help. I feel like when I was, you know, in high school, we didn't have social media. We didn't have that kind of stuff. Um, but that's also a good thing. It's also a good thing. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> because I don't, <laughs> I don't even want to know what my life would have been like if I had social media when I was in high school. Um, right. But in order to recover, you know, like, you can do it. You can absolutely recover. If you're struggling, you know, um, it's recognizing that you have an issue, it's recognizing that you need help and it's, and that's okay. It's okay that you need help and it is okay to ask for help. I know for me, that was hard for, it was a hard thing for me to do was to recognize it and to ask for help. Um, Cause I didn't want to admit that I wasn't perfect. Right. Um, so, you know, it it's for me now, like breaking free of that eating disorder. It, it just feels like, um, like I'm a whole person again. Like I love who I am now um but breaking free was scary it's a super scary process it's hard it takes hard work um and it was it was giving up it was like giving up a part of my identity too because I identified as Mm -hmm. an eating disorder and I still kind of identify as you know I had an eating disorder for sure um but you know just being out of it it just feels so it's so much better it's you know, it, it, it's exhausting caring about that kind of stuff all the time. But, you know, there are so many resources out there and there are so many tools that can help you do this. And it takes a village. You, you can't do this by yourself. Um, but only you can be the person to be like, yeah, I need help. And this is, you have to take control of your own life. And, you know, but there, you're going to have to lean on some people too while in the process.
0: Yeah. Well, Bethany, thank you so much for coming on the podcast You're so today and
1: sharing your story with yeah. everyone. I
0: mean, there's so much more to it, but know.
1: <laughs> 45 minutes worth. It's
0: hard to condense it down, oh my God. but you got to do it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.